Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into episode 176 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, hanging out in the host chair with my friends in studio, James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. The Get Around guys coming in hot here on this Monday. We have a lot to talk about today. Lots of happenings last week and a lot of good events coming up this week that we're going to preview. Obviously, the John Schlosser Memorial Tournament was a big one with some local teams over the weekend. We had a couple of really big matchups between Traverse City Central and Traverse City West last week. We got some even bigger matchups coming for some of those teams this week that we are going to preview in the Pulse. We have a great interview with Traverse City West softball players Brittany Steimel and Lydia Himes. They're going to be joining us before one of those matchups that we're going to preview. That's basically for supremacy in the Big North Conference between the Titans and Gaylord. That's going to be a big game on Tuesday. I know a lot of you guys listen to these episodes on Tuesday morning, so hopefully we'll be able to catch you before you guys head out to that game at Traverse City West at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. But make sure you stick around for an interview with two of the Titans' stars and definitely two of the Titans' biggest bats this season. After that, we're going to get into a chatter that matters and talk about the release of the mask mandate in the MHSAA and across the state and what it means for all these kids. It's been a year, and it's been a hoopla, so look where we are now, boys. It's a whole new world. (laughs) And then we got our college corner. We're going to update you on some of our local athletes that have moved on and done great things at the next level. We'll get into our Hall of Fame and a version of our trifecta. We move into the pro sports realm and talk about some of the best pro athletes who have moved on from their longtime teams in the twilight of their career. So make sure you stick around. Boys, I know you guys haven't said anything yet, and I'm just really surprised. I shaved my beard today, dude, and nobody said anything to me. At least tell me I look like I'm 12. Because I looked in the mirror, and I was just like, dang, that's why I put my hair up. I was like, I'm going to spike my hair so I look like a teenage kid again. Yeah, you do the spiked hair, dude. Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you saw me put anything in my hair? It's been a while, but I haven't seen you in person. I guess. Sorry, I don't really pay attention to you, your face, and your Oh, you, if you didn't pay attention that I look literally like a different person today than I did yesterday, you're just not observant. I haven't. I had. Well, really, bro. You. You. I think. I feel like you've only known me with a beard. Yeah. For the most part. No, I think there was a, like, like once or twice where you told me you shaved. It was. It was literally just the beard or something like that. I. I have not had a. Ba- I have not had a bare face, at least since March seventh of last year. I had a quarantine beard, and now the mask mandate gets dropped, and I'm like, well, everybody gets to see my pretty face again. I'm gonna shave the beard. <laughs> you know, I was I didn't have to. I didn't. I can't hide behind the cloth anymore. See, like I try and grow it out I've, say, I th- I've said this before i try and grow it out and it just gets to a point where it's like nope we're going we're not going to do anything more than that and it just looks really bad see and, that's the difference and i'm forced to cut it all see that i found that last year and that's why that's why the quarantine was good to me but when it came to that the first couple of months we were not going anywhere because you could just mess with it at that point. it just didn't know it, it wasn't even that mess you just didn't do anything i could i looked like the grodius slug trying to grow in a beard but I didn't have to see anybody in person, so it didn't matter how bad it looked. I had the time to, like, let it grow and let it fill in, and I was like, ah. But that's what it is. You just have to get past a point where you say, I don't care how bad I look for the next week or so. I'll come out the other side looking better. <laughs> I but, can't get past that point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just wondering if I'm going to start getting ID'd for things again because before I had a beard, I was always getting ID'd for things. After the fact, everybody thought I was 30. But, boy, I'm not. So let's see if we revert back in age. <laughs> So if you see me out at the uh, the games, I'm not a new person. I just shaved my face. I think I look really weird, so I don't know about you guys. Well, that applied before. <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, d- as if I didn't already know. As if I didn't already know. Let's, let's remind you, this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to get into the episode. I think we actually have a lot of talking to do, a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'll stop talking about my face and my problems. 
and get into the pulse. So let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and start talking about it. I want to start off with the bigger, more recent thing in our memory, and that was the John Slosher Memorial Tournament over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Glen Lake hosting that, having Traverse City, St. Francis. Bunch of Grand Rapids teams. Yeah, a bunch of Grand Rapids teams like Leon, McBain. So, yeah, I mean, a huge tournament out there. And, I mean, St. Francis softball came out big. So I know you were uh, – you were pretty high on what St. Francis softball did this weekend, and, I mean, they only have a couple losses on the season, Andrew. They gave up one run the whole tournament. They played only two games, though. I was there when they got their trophy. I think it was. I, I think I showed up, like, at the start of the last inning. There was a bad fire out in Glen Arbor, and I also took some pictures out there. But, I mean, they're ranked number eight in the state for a reason. Uh, we've talked about how young their basketball team is. Well, a lot of those same girls are leading that softball team. So, I mean, the same stories that go along with the girls' basketball team with, oh, this this team's a year ahead. This team can, is going to be really good next year. I mean, they didn't have a single senior this year. Their same goes for the softball team. Yeah, I mean, you see a couple of those girls who, I mean, Leah Simons has been obviously such a, a big driver for them this year, but Megan Napont from that leadoff spot has just been raking it last week. She yeah. raked it really, really good. Allie Shepard um, has been great on the mound uh, for Traverse City St. Francis. They, Like you said, they got a couple of wins, one over Glen Lake and one over McBain, 15-0 to and 20-1. to And they have Gaylord later this week. Yeah, so that that's something we'll talk about a little bit later. Gaylord, we've talked about them on this podcast a couple of times. They actually got held to under 10 runs last week. They still won the game, but they actually got held to under 10 runs. I think it was 20 games straight this season, right? And then they, but they still won that game. I think one of the games was five to zero against Cadillac. I mean, still beat them, but five, only five runs in the game, Gaylord. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, then they came back in the nightcap and got eleven. <laughs> We're gonna save that for a little bit later. But you talk about Gaylord playing St. Francis. That'll be Thursday. That's a couple of well, Gaylord just got it moved into the HM range, but a couple of state ranked teams. We're gonna be facing off, but uh, we'll talk about Tuesday's game just here in a few minutes. That's gonna lead into our interview with our softball players. But Traverse City West, who we know has been raking the ball, is gonna go up against Gaylord this week for basically Big North Conference supremacy. So we'll talk about that in a little while. Let's get into a couple more things, and it sounds like we're going to be kind of Big North Conference heavy here in the Pulse, but a lot of big stuff happened, James. Last week, we kind of have written off Traverse City Central Soccer when they play their rivals in the last several years. Not for bad reason either, but tell the people what happened last week when you went out there and covered that game. Yeah, it was, it was I mean, it's one of those things where you cover Traverse City Central playing Traverse City West because it's Central versus West. Not necessarily because you thought it was going to be a great game, I guess. And typically these rivalry games are pretty decent, but in the soccer recently it's been pretty one sided. And it's mostly like three to one. It's mostly like, yeah, so it's not like it's not like eight nothing mercies at halftime. Uh, there was like one of those, I think, in the last decade. But yeah, it's mostly like three to one, three to nothing type games. You know, every once in a while five or six to one or you know, stuff stuff like that. But but Central is not coming out on the right end of one of those scores since 2015 13 games in a row that they had not beaten tc west two they had tied two times in there uh, that sounds like that sounds like a michigan ohio state rivalry yeah but theirs is worse <laughs> continue <laughs> there's actually a twitter account that's like that just uh every day updates how many days it's been till since michigan has beaten ohio state in football it's like almost 2000 at this point i think it's over that it's like 3000 or something uh, anyway, it's, it's uh, yeah, that's all they do is they tweet once a day what the number is. Oh, but, I love it. And it's been kind of the same thing for TC Central against TC West in soccer recently since 2015. And then if you go back from that, they had the 2015 season where Central beat West twice and they tied once. Central beat them in the playoffs. And that's the only time they've beaten them in the playoffs since 2009. 
So and basically the last 12 years has been just all West. Yeah, except for that 2015 season where Central went 2-0-1. And, you know, there's a, about a decade on either side, or not quite a decade, but that's a, that's a, a good that's chunk a of a chunk. decade on either side of that where West has just controlled that rivalry. What, what, what gave Central the win last week, though? I mean, I saw the first game, and West, West looked like they had a lot better ball control and everything like that. Central was kind of dumping and chasing and trying to get up there. I mean, what, what changed for the Trojans that they were able to take out Traverse City West? They still did that a little bit with kind of the – the dump and chase, the long passes into the zone and stuff. But I, I think the difference was uh, Traverse City Central's goalie. Annalise Ferguson, was, I mean, she was just a monster in goal. Th- there was this one goal in the second half where the the West players had already started celebrating pretty much. Like, a girl had her hands raised in the air and stuff. Like, they thought this was going in the net, and there was no way anyone was going to stop it. And she made this diving save. And the central players went crazy. The bench went crazy. And that just really kind of turned around, really turned the momentum to Central's side, even though they were tied at that point. West was up one nothing. Central scored right before halftime to make it even. And then they scored the only goal in the second half. Yeah. Both goals coming from the sophomores. From what I recall, they don't have many upper-upperclassmen on that team. Not a whole lot. Uh, a Ferg- few. Ferguson's a senior. Yeah, but I think they have like four maybe. Maybe five? I'm not sure. I don't want to discredit anybody who's who's a senior or anything like that, but I'm trying to like picture the roster when I saw them play West last time. If I recall it's not it's not very upperclassman dominated. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it is. But so I mean a very big win for Traverse City Central and That was their first big North Conference win of the year. And the, yeah, it's their first big yeah. In like their sixth or seventh game in the league. And, you know, Coach Charlie Needham talked after the game about how this changed their expectations, you know. He was he was telling the players and, you know, after the game in the huddle, this is what I expect every game now. Hey, Trojans, you set yourselves up. <laughs> so, you know what? You know what coach expects. I mean, you have something to look forward to next year. I know Wes is going to be wanting that back. So it's going to be, or I mean, possibly even in districts this year, there's always a good chance they mm-hmm. can do that and meet up in a district final. So I guess we'll see. Um, another Traverse City West and Traverse City Central showdown last week. I went and covered a track meet, and that was honestly holy crap, man. We got some, we got a couple of good track teams up here. We t- we had a huge track loaded episode last week, and I don't think any of us have actually been out to watch these kids. Um, we've had photo go out and everything like that. We've seen all the times. We've been able to see the progress and everything like that. But actually going out there and watch, man, Traverse City Central and Traverse City West got some track teams, big ones too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they. <laughs> This is like a state meet. The, the 100 meter in the boys, there was eight heats. Eight? That, that is so many people who are competitive in sprinting. I think they said that. From just two teams. Yes, just two teams. That's enough to fill a state meet. That is the state meet. I think eight heats of the 100 is as many kids who make it to states. You know what I'm saying? And the individuals. But anyways, the Titans sprinting program is just, there's so many good athletes in there. We talked about, you know, a couple of the newer kids who are turning around and coming out here. Dominic Glue once again won that 100 over Tony Gallegos, which are just like, holy crap, a doodle. And last year, Gallegos was our track athlete of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we had kids who were, who were coming and beating him now. Are the girls, the TC West girls broke four school records at that meet. Granted, it's 20 years old, but they broke a 19-year-old school record in the 4 by 100 meter relay, which for Wes is, whatever, 23 years old. That bait, that school's as old as, that record's as old as the school. They, break, they broke that by like about a second, a second and a half, and they were ecstatic. But we talk about the get-around bump. We had Julia Flynn on last week, and she said on this podcast that she was going to focus on that mile, and she wanted that school record, right? And mm-hmm. she cut 20 seconds off her two-mile record the week before, right? So then she comes back, comes on the podcast, and then she goes to the mile, which isn't even her specialty, but drops 10 seconds, 
10 seconds off the school record. She dropped, she dropped, she ran a 444. Like, that's, crazy. that's insane. That is insane. She, like, her splits were exact. She was literally like a machine. She said she was so happy because her first two laps were the exact time. The second two laps were the exact time. So when she told us last, last week how she gets in the zone and how she has her body timed to a T, exact example on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And the other get-around bump that we got recently, too, the day after we had Jaden Alfred on, he set the school record in the high jump from Ancelona. Uh, it was like 6'6 six, six or something like 6'5, okay. 6'6. Okay. Six, six. It's up there, though. As but, tall um, as I he mean, is. It was, it was almost up to uh, Finn Hogan's. Uh, I mean, t- Finn, Finn Hogan's Hogan had 6'8. 6'8, okay. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, a couple of track athletes. But I just had to bring those guys up. Like I said, at least, at least five records. I think I counted um, out of just the winners uh, out of the events, there was like 32 personal records of that meet. It was a beautiful day. Everybody came out, and they were just – they were flying. They were flying. Julia lapped people in a mile run. She lapped people yeah. in a mile run. The last, the last like, I four – I mean, I've been lapped in a mile run. <laughs> but we're talking about – like, these other girls were running, like – talking a competitive race. Night. These, like, these other girls are running, like, 540s. Like, yeah. they're running sub-six-minute miles. And they were getting passed on that last, that last lap. It was like, oh, my gosh. Talk about just seeing – like, she got, like, 14th in the country for that two-mile. She's number four in the entire country – for the mile now, number four, even better, one up yourself. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't doesn't surprise me whatsoever. The get around bump, it's yeah, a real thing. It is. So athletes, come on. Maybe our, our Traverse City West girls this week will thank us when they go to play Gaylord on Tuesday. Yeah, but the Gaylord girls have been out here too, so it's going to be. Well, they, we'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe maybe the get around bump only bump will cancel out. It lands. And we'll just zero see zero where things game. Land. <laughs> zero zero game. Uh, speaking of. That's a perfect time for us to hop into our little preview of that Traverse City West and Gaylord softball doubleheader on Tuesday. These two teams are sitting at the top of the Big North Conference. We know that these two teams have the capability of putting up 20 runs. We know both these teams have extremely good pitchers. And extremely good hitters. And extremely good hitters. But we're going to hear from the girls, and you guys can stick around just here for a minute, but i got to ask you guys, is the experience of West, because West definitely has more upperclassmen, more girls who have been in this position before, and probably more girls who feel they have more to lose, right? Being a senior, this could be their last time, their last time to get a Big North Conference championship, which doesn't come around to Traverse City West or Traverse City Central all that often, right? They have a real shot here. What do you see out of this matchup, and, you know, is as the rest of the season, is Brittany Stimel enough of a game changer for the Titans as a pitcher to keep the bats of Gaylord at a, at a minimum? I definitely think she can be. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna probably face that that Gaylord one two of Avery Parker and Abby Rudolski in the in those two games, and I'm gonna imagine West will not pitch Brittany in both games. Maybe we can ask her on the in the interview, but I'm gonna guess they're gonna go with Bell Gulliver in the in one of the games. I'll, I'll put the bet that she she pitches both games. She could. She pitched both games against Traverse City Central, who's the other the other big bats in the other one. I got a feeling that they're gonna keep Brittany in the game for both of them. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could just. And how how the first game goes too, exactly and pitch count and what the weather's like, you know how how fatigued. Yeah, I mean if it's like eighty five degrees or something. Yeah, I mean it was hot today. It's seventy three. Yeah, but it was a lot hotter than that. Probably in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get out and roast very often. I was so. outside a little bit and yeah, it was it was warm today. So that could be a, a little bit of a factor on on who pitches and how long they go, mm-hmm. whether they can go t- pitch both games or not. But you've got both teams are just killing the ball too. I mean, yeah, the girls who we're going to have on today each had a home run on Saturday. 
Yeah. They, they both popped one out of the park on Saturday. We know Avery Parker. I think Avery Parker had two in a game last week. She's got four on the season, and I think uh, J- Jaden Jones had two home runs in a game last week. Jaden Jones has probably got like ten. Now. I was gonna say she she's almost in double digits. Because last time I looked, she had eight. She's she had two honest, more over the weekend. Now that you say that, she might. She, when we talked about who was it? Was it Olivia Myers? She, dude, she's in the state Haley record Myers. books. Haley Myers. Haley Myers. Wait, she, she, she hit 16 in a season two years ago, and she's like 10th in the state record books or 12th. I mean, Jane Jones still has three weeks of the regular season here. And isn't even and, a senior. Yeah, and what did you say? And I think we talked. She's hitting like 700. Yeah. Her last OPS saw, is like 2,000. Last I saw. Yeah. But, okay, so now I want to flip this around, right? So we've seen we, – we say Brittany. We think Brittany I, – I, I know Brittany can do a good job of – taming down an offense that is as crazy as Gaylord's. Let's flip it the other way. Traverse City West's offense has been insane. Janie Sulecki's batting in the ninth spot and has like four home runs for Traverse City West. And a yeah. grand slam and a whole bunch of RBIs. You got Lydia Himes, you, you got, got Brittany Steinle, power in that Casey Sowers, a whole bunch. What about the youth of the, the Gaylord pitching staff against these big bats? And do you think that the Titans can rattle them? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, how that game shakes out because uh, TC West's Field is one of the biggest ones in in Northern Michigan in in the Big North Conference, so it's a little bit bigger uh, field than, than Gaylord's, I think. So whether, can they use that? You know, and and West has still been hitting them out mm-hmm. of there. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, Lydia has six and Brittany has five, and you mentioned Janie Selecki has I think four. Yeah. Sowers has one or two. Uh, they got a couple other players with a few. I mean, they've got power coming from all over in this lineup and and so does Gaylord I mean it, it's weird because you don't know whether these games are going to be like one to nothing or they're going to be 40. like 12 to 10 <laughs> yeah because but it, there's no way and and even if that's even even if Gaylord puts up a 10 spot in the top of the first the game is so far from over yeah. <laughs> so far from over I could I, literally, I could see that being where it's like oh man we're down 10 runs in the third and then all of a sudden Boom goes the dynamite. I mean, I saw West go on a what was a seven run two out rally against Central, a home run, two doubles, a single grand slam. Why not? So I mean, I know I'm glad I get to go cover this this doubleheader tomorrow. I'm excited to see it. Let's go ahead and talk to Brittany Steimel and Lydia Himes to hear their perspective and see exactly how they are preparing for the biggest matchup of the Big North Conference season thus far. Let's give a, give a listen to that interview now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City West softball players Brittany Steimel. Hello. And Lydia Hymas. How are you guys? Hi. I, uh, we're really excited to talk to these Titans about the softball season. I know we've seen them rake on offense and uh, do some really good things from the circle, in Brittany's case, uh, on uh, defense and obviously from behind the plate from Lydia. But before we get into that stuff, we are going to get into our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Five rapid-fire questions to kind of get to know the girls a little bit better. Brittany, we're going to have you answer first, just so we go. So if, if you could join any current or past musical group or band, which one would it be? The Jonas Brothers. The fourth Jonas Brother. Okay. Yeah. What, what about you, Lydia? Um, one Direction. Okay. So both boy bands. <laughs> that, that'd make for an interesting dynamic. James? Okay, uh, what would be your least favorite chore? Washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, cleaning the bathroom, or vacuuming the house? Doing the dishes. 
for me, probably cleaning the bathroom. All right, what are your what are your hobbies? I like to go fishing sometimes. Follow up for follow um, up for you, Brittany, real quick. What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? I caught a pretty big bass one time, oh, but it wasn't like big compared to like what actual fishermen catch. <laughs> <laughs> Just big, big in comparison it, to everything I've else. I caught a very small fish before, probably like about like a half inch long. A minnow. Yeah, that's that's just as impressive. <laughs> Lydia, what about what are your hobbies? The only one I can really think of is probably either camping or shopping. Okay, so if you had to choose on a weekend in the middle of the summer, are you going shopping all weekend or are you going camping? Definitely camping. Or shopping for camping. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, what is your favorite family recipe? My mom makes these really good stuffed shells with, like, beef and marinara and cheese on them that are really good. Lydia, what about you? Um, my mom makes this really good shepherd's pie, and it's, like, pretty much just all the best foods in one thing. Okay. I, like, I always like to know. Family traditions and family recipes are usually unique to families, which is really cool. So, like, anything that you guys get, nobody else is getting What's your biggest fear? I'd say probably heights. Even though I really like going on roller coasters, just like when I'm standing on like really high places, I get really scared. <laughs> For me, probably either spiders or like tornadoes. Thankfully, that like tornadoes are a very rare occurrence, especially up here. I don't think you're getting any tornadoes really. Yeah. How about a shark nado? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, no, what about a spider nato? Spider nato. That was <laughs> that is that's what the epitome of terrifying for I think like ninety percent of the world. <laughs> so, so that was our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. We got plenty more to talk about with the girls here about the Titans softball season, and I think we have to talk about what's on everybody's mind. And I'm sure it's on your guys' mind after you got out of practice today, after what you just got done preparing for. You guys have a huge doubleheader with Gaylord at home tomorrow to kind of take you know control possibly of the Big North Conference. I just want to ask, I mean, practice today, you guys had to have been focusing on uh, some of those playmakers. How did you guys prepare as a team today, and what are you looking forward to tomorrow? We just really worked on, like, the fundamentals and, like, getting ready to see better pitching tomorrow than what we've been seeing. And we were playing really good games this weekend to prepare for Gaylord on Tuesday. So I think that we're ready for that game tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that, like, all of the girls really helped to give us a pep talk and – our team is really good at just, like, especially right before the game, just, like, getting really pumped up and really excited. And I think that we're all just really excited to have a lot of competition. Obviously, it's going to be very competitive with the, the offenses that both of your teams have. Like you said, you're, you're getting, you guys are preparing for bettering pitching here. But, Brittany, I'm, I'm assuming that you'll be on the mound for one, if not two, games tomorrow. Do you know if you'll be pitching all of it? And how are you preparing to go against an offense that is basically averaging like 15 runs a game? I think I'm ready to pitch against them tomorrow. We, like, I pitched a game this weekend against Hudsonville, who's ranked like the top 15 in the state, and kind of shut them down, gave up no earned runs. So I think I'm ready to face them. And I know that they're going to be good. But I think that I've been progressively getting better throughout the season. I'm ready to face them with all my pitches that I have. Yeah, and Lydia, obviously, you get to be behind the plate uh, for Brittany. So you guys have to have a bit of a, a more of a connection. What's it like catching for Brittany this year? And how do you see her kind of blow past uh, these girls who are in the box? 
Well, for me, it's definitely pretty crazy because Brittany is the fastest pitcher I've ever caught for. And having been catching for too long, and Brittany just, like she said, she just shuts them all down. And it's fun for me because I get to be behind the plate and have fun, but I also don't have to chase balls everywhere or anything like that because Brittany is good on the mound. Okay, so we got we have, we have a we got a pitcher and a catcher here, and the pitcher also bats too. So, uh, what is your guys' opinions of bat flips? Usually, before this year, I haven't ever bat flipped, but like I hit a monster home run. I forgot what game it was. I got Central, and I bat flipped, and then I hit one the other day, and I bat flipped. And I just think that it's just like kind of just something that I did by habit because I knew that the ball was over the fence and it was really exciting for me because I haven't hit one in like a week or two and so I just kind of like flipped it and then the ump got upset about it so he didn't like it very much yeah <laughs> would you get upset if somebody hit one off of you and, and bat flipped I, mean, I think that I would be mad but it's like at the same time they kind of like earned it by hitting like if I'm giving them my best stuff and they hit a home run off of me, I have to tip my cap at them for being able to do what they did. So it would definitely push me to be a little bit better. You hit one this weekend. I was going to ask, did you bat flip then? I did not bat flip. I don't know. When I hit it, I just don't really like think to bat flip. But I think bat flipping is kind of cool. Just kind of. It shows your confidence, and it's just kind of like a celebration. I mean, some people might think that it's, like, cocky, but I don't know. I just think that you earn the bat flip, so you should be able to bat flip, and I think it looks cool. How much does confidence do for you guys as softball players and feeding off? I mean, a lot of times softball, baseball, it's one of the more, like, quote-unquote, individualized team sports because everybody's up there and has to do their thing one by one. But how much does confidence and momentum play into the way you guys play uh, your softball? I remember when you guys played Central, you know, Coach Dave Kenny went, hey, time for give them nightmares with two outs, and you guys had a seven-run two-out rally against your rivals. I mean, what, what about confidence and momentum feeds into the way that you guys have been able to beat up on teams this year? I think it gives us, like, confidence to be able to see our teammates go up there and just know the pitching, whatever, like, to just knock the ball around, and it helps us to, like, be confident. Like, if my teammate can go up and do that, then I can do that too. And just, like, it brings up the energy in the dugout and just helps us to go up there and just clear our mind and just think about the at-bat. Yeah, I think confidence is, like, huge in softball. Like, if they're just ha – their heads are down and stuff like that, like, that's not going to help you at all. That's just going to kind of bring the energy down. But when everybody has confidence, it really just helps bring the game up and it helps you to say, like, oh, I can do this, like – it's not. It's not impossible. I can. You guys got any fun stories from this year? Any any trips you might have gone on? Any fun memories you have from those? Well, we had that the one trip. I think it was when we went down to Hudsonville and we first played the song downtown. Oh yeah. And now that's like the song we listen to like for pregame, like every single game that gets us pumped up. And now it's like the team song. And I don't know if it was last year, but no, it wasn't. So yeah, I want... that song is just really like. Everyone plays it all the time, and it's like our pump-up song now. Who's who's that by? Macklemore? Yeah. Macklemore. That is a Macklemore? <laughs> so I was like, so you guys are throwing it back. Because I know, okay, so I actually noticed that when you guys were at your game with Central, that you guys have your walk-up songs, and you guys all have your own thing. You guys pick those out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of your girls have, like, some throwbacks. 
Like it's yeah. not it's not a lot of new stuff. Like I think the one that really surprised me, I think, was the Little Wayne song with J. Cole Green Ranger. I don't know whose that is. But I haven't heard that song in like seven years. But like what what goes into you guys to choose your walk up songs and obviously how much do you guys like having a big old speaker kind of blasting as you as you bump up to the plate when you're at home? I feel like for me I'm very superstitious. So like at the beginning of the season I chose the Baby Shark Trap remix to be my walk up song. And I wasn't doing the best when I had that as my walk up song, so I changed it up to a different song. And then started to do better with that song. So I kind of like kept that song. And just like when I'm on a roll, I kind of just try to do the same thing and just keep it the same. But then if it starts to not work, then I change it up a little more. What about, what's your what's your walk-up song, Lydia? Mine's Uproar by Lil Wayne. I love walk-up songs. I think that they 100% like set the tone. Like even if the team isn't batting great, like it just, it's kind of like a fresh start. And it really, I like when songs like start off with like a slower beat and then they have like a bass drop and so that's why I picked the song I picked. I don't know, it gives me so much more confidence walking up to play with a really good song playing. Is is that almost like work into your like pre like pre pitch routine? I know every every batter has their little like cross the plate, grip their gloves, you know, hit the top of their hat. Does that like really feed into you walking up to the plate and being in the groove? Yeah. Yeah, I know that every single time like now that I have this walk-up song, I don't know why, but, like, there's always a certain part in the song where I take a swing, and I never used to do that, and now I always do that before I bat. I have a couple other uh, bat-related questions. One thing that Coach Kenny told me to ask you about was swinging bats like a sword. So who does that, um, and, and why? We made a, on the way home from one of our tournaments a few weekends ago, we made a TikTok. It's like a scene from Bunch Formers where the guy's like, don't chop at it. It's not a sword. And then he turns to his coach. He's like, you're not a sword or something like that. So now we always just like joke about it. Like one some of my teammates were joking about it when I was up at the plate one time last weekend. Okay. And, and what size bats are you allowed to use and what size bats do you two use? I think you can use, like, whatever size bat you want. I, For me, personally, I swing a 34-inch bat, and then it's, like, 24 ounces, which is kind of, like, bigger. For most girls swing, like, I feel like 33, 23 ounces bats. For me, I've always gone, like, the length of the bat off my height, and I'm pretty tall, so I swing a 34 drop 8. I've seen anywhere from a eight, drop 8 to a drop 12, so. Yeah. Would you like a little bit more weight behind the behind the bat then? Yeah. Get that exit velocity. Do you guys have a bet going on uh, who hits the most home runs this season? Uh, we don't, but I think my dad was telling me the other day that I think our dads do. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's yeah. the bet? What do they have on the line? I have no idea. They're not going to tell them that. That that That's what they call tampering. <laughs> that's what they call tampering. <laughs> well, what, Lydia's up by one right now, right? I think you've got six and Brittany's got five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, every single time Brittany hits a home run, I don't, I just, I think she really just, she hits right before me. It might just set the tone for me because then I was in the pretty one and my dad yeah. assists me after. You really don't want for it to catch up to you. you really don't I tied you up this weekend, lad, and then you took it over again. <laughs> it seems like tomorrow is going to be maybe one of those games that, you know, hopefully you guys are getting a bat on the ball a lot and it might be a shootout. What do you guys expect out of the Blue Devils tomorrow and what you've scouted and what you've seen? Uh, do you expect a close game, a 2-1? to one? Do you guys think it's going to be a 12-11 to 11 shootout? What are you guys preparing for tomorrow? 
I think we're prepared for a close game with like a lot of ups and downs. We're ready to be behind or ahead and to battle through whatever they throw at us, whoever they pitch and whatever they give us. We're ready for it. Yeah, I'm definitely expecting a close game, especially with this weekend when we played Hudsonville, who, like Brittany said, is a really, really good team. It was, I think it was zero to one. Yeah. And with that, that definitely shows me that we can hang in with all of the really good teams. So I definitely think that they are a really good team. It's going to be a really close game and probably not super high numbers. And if it is, I think we're both going to have high numbers. What, what, what's it say about your guys' team that it's one of the bigger ones in the area, but I think you have at least four people with multiple home runs? I think yeah. it really, like, shows that, because especially at practice, like, kids that haven't even hit them in games that are still hitting them out of the park at practice, and I think that it shows that definitely practicing like you play is extremely important. And, like, I think it helps a lot of other girls' confidence, too, that they can have, like, the opportunity to, like, no matter what, whether we're in a game or not, to, like, show up and like still have it just gives them a lot of confidence when you hit one out of the park at practice because it's like okay well if i hit one out of the park at 230 feet then i can do it here too yeah again you guys aren't ranked i don't know why but considering your guys record and what you've done and some of the teams that you've beaten um if, if you're able to take two games from gaylor do you think that changes i mean one of the reasons i'm surprised is because the a coach from in the conference is on the 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 polling panel <laughs> and i'm like why is the alpina coach not getting you guys in the rankings i think that if we if we do good against gaylord and if we beat them then it will definitely help us with that with publicity and all that stuff i just think that this game is going to be like a huge game for us like i mean yeah. if we if we lose i don't think it's going to like crush our season or anything like that but i definitely think that we can win, and that being said, that if we do win, it'll be huge for us. Now, I, I know that, you know, tomorrow is a big step towards it, but, you know, Big North Conference titles don't come easily, you know, in softball, or really in any sport, but um, how much of you guys as a team talked about the possibility of that if you guys are able to, you know, or just getting through Gaylord tomorrow and then saying, hey, like, we actually have a legitimate shot at making this happen? Um, I feel like we've been talking about that a lot this year since, like, Especially with me, because I've been playing here for like four, well, four years, but technically only three now. And this is definitely the best team that I've been part of at TC West in my four years. And to actually have a legitimate chance to win the Big North Conference this year is really exciting for me. It'd be a great way to end senior year. Yeah, I think we talk about it a lot. We talk about how, like, especially when we beat Alpina, that was our first time beating Alpina, they said, in at least eight years. We... I don't know, I think that we talk about how we do have a great team to bring us to win the Big North Conference. You guys mentioned the, the I guess Brittany mentioned the changing or walk-up song and stuff like that, but what are, what are your other superstitions that you do during games or before games? When I'm playing, like, third base, usually, like, when we're, we do, like, ground balls in between innings, and then I kind of just, like, when I jump over the line, I like do a spin over the line every inning when I get on the field when I'm playing third base. A little twirl. I feel like like one of my things that I always do before a game is I take my bat and I like to warm it up. When it's really cold out, you warm, warm up your bat so it doesn't break. So I always do that before every game because, I mean, pretty much every game we've played this year has been freezing cold. But I just do it before every game 
For whatever reason. So, like, do, do you, by warming it up, do you literally, like, take, like, uh, like a towel and, like, rub it? Or, like, do you, like, hit, I, do you do batting practice? How do you warm up your bat? I, like, I put the bat in between my legs, and I, like, like rub it up and down my leg, and it, like, warms the bat up, so it's not, like, as cold. I don't know. So it's... use legitimate body heat to give warmth to the bat. Yeah. Do you feel like it transfers energy? Is that is that another reason why? Probably. I don't it's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, Brittany and Lydia, thank you guys so much for joining us here at the Get Around. It's been great getting to know you two and to get to know the Titans a little bit better. We wish you the best of luck against Gaylord and into the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Another huge thank you to Brittany and Lydia for stopping by and hanging out with us here at the Get Around. Uh, best of luck to both Gaylord and Traverse City West this week. Obviously, a couple big games for the Blue Devils. And with St. Francis lingering on Thursday, you know, a couple of state-ranked teams, like we said, this is going to be a, a good week of softball. So we'll make sure that uh, we keep an eye out for that. For any coverage, stick it out to record-eagle.com or pick up our newspaper uh, Wednesday through Sunday be awesome let's dive into our college corner guys we got a couple of things to update you on and a couple of things that's going on here at the get around maybe not all college corner but big happenings in the world i have to i have to lead it off because i think we said it like this uh the the one person who has just been dominating anybody who steps in her way or anybody who's anybody if you see who's golfing from northern michigan hunter kehoe is just one of the probably i mean she's a finalist now for the national championship individually, and like, there's not many who get that. But she's basically a top five women's college golfer in the country. Yeah, she's just been destroying it. I mean, what did she won the MIAA Golfer of the Week fifteen times? Mm-hmm. Fifteen times, three-time MIAA Golfer of the Year. Yep. Now and, she's a what, I mean, back-to-back All-American in her junior and senior years. Uh, she's a finalist for the national uh, championship on her own. She basically had to leave her team behind at this point uh, to go golf on her own and seek out that national championship. Uh, we hope to see her play in a couple of weeks here. That's at the, like a five-day event yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it was like <laughs> she was, they carded like in the 300s because they, they had to do five rounds. It was no, it was no joke. At and, Michigan State. And she, uh, she, she had a tournament total of 308. She finished in sixth place with a 308. It was a, sorry, a four-day tournament. She had 42 pars, seven birdies. And was the second best player in the field in par scoring. But regardless, we know that uh, she's been tearing up. So we just wish Hunter the best of luck at the national championships this week. Just had to make sure we gave her a little mention here on the pod. Yeah, and we'll probably be seeing her at the Michigan Open this summer, hopefully. I, th- I think she's going to be playing in that. She has the last few years. Yep. And we always try to tap on tap on the local the local girls or the local women that are out there and uh, make sure that we, uh, you know, tell their story so it'll be interesting to tell hers this year another person who was from the area or at least participated in the area uh that has moved on to bigger and better things chris proctor who was the the incognito tiger that andrew wrote about last year who played for the manistee saints in the year off of minor leagues has been called up to triple a so he is into the uh the high level ball toledo uh mud hens yeah in the high level ball for the tigers organization so anybody who i was out and saw uh, him raking in the and you, and you did G- see him raking like yeah. you clearly noticed this guy was a lot better than everyone else the, if you were out there the GLBUL uh, uh, Great Lakes Baseball University Lakes, Baseball League or United League or whatever yeah. G- Great Lakes B- G- GBUL if you see them 
you knew who he is now, and it looks like he's on the up and up. So another person to look out for out of the area. A couple other things to look out for. James, I know you've been in a couple of meetings with the up and ups here at the Record Eagle in the last week, and I know we were super-duper excited to do this last year. But uh, tell the people what is basically yeah. being confirmed. Another COVID casualty from last year was the summer classic that we were going to start up uh, last season. But it looks like it's a, a full go so far for this year um, where, you know, we're putting the paperwork through to get the uh, insurance and the waiver liability, all that kind of stuff done. But the softball game will be June 22nd at St. Elizabeth. Uh, the home of St. Francis softball there. And the baseball game will be June 23rd at Pittsburgh Stadium, or Turtle Creek Stadium. So exciting! Both of those games should be exciting. Uh, and they're going to be true all-star format where we'll have a, uh, a panel of coaches and, and myself, and we'll pick the best seniors from the area and split them up and make them into two teams and get some some celebrity coaches that, we've, that we're hoping to line up. A.K.A. me. No. <laughs> Just, just playing. <laughs> I gotta contact the guys that I had for the uh, baseball team last year and see if they'll commit again. But we had a former, a pair of former MLB pitchers who are going to be uh, the coaches last year. So I hope we can get them again. Um, on the softball side, we already have Central Michigan, longtime Central Michigan coach Margot Yonker, who one of the winningest coaches in college for a long time. Uh, she's retired now, but she's gonna coach one of the teams, and we're gonna work on getting getting another college coach or something for the other team but should be it should be a cool cool event or events now and then we're hoping to get a soccer game going maybe in the future as well yeah i know we kind of talked about that but my, my only question is is are you gonna drop another four hundred dollars on hand sanitizer i didn't drop four hundred dollars <laughs> i found you know you know me i'm thrifty i found stuff on sale i know but just so everybody knows but, we I, still have that. No, the, we still have one in the, in the pod room. I still have one at my desk. I think there's still one over at the office. I think you still have one at your desk. I think so. But these, these, I like this hand sanitizer. It doesn't stink too bad. It's actually a. Doesn't smell like tequila. Yeah, literally, I don't smell like an alcoholic <laughs> it's, after it's I use it. It's thick enough, but not too thick. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like viscous. it's not completely watery, but it exactly. off your hands. Yeah, great investment. I know. <laughs> we, had, we had bought all this stuff last year for the game <laughs> when we were doing the COVID precautions and everything, and uh, so. That's funny. Some but, of the stuff left over. but I, Once again, I, I know we're really excited um, just to have something else sponsored by us. I know that we, we always want to get the best of the best out, especially if it's, if it's something that we can put on and, and give these kids a chance to play at least one more time. I know that's what we really wanted to do last year was give those seniors, especially after they didn't have a season, to be like, hey, maybe they get a chance to play. But it would be the same thing. And I know James kind of said this on the podcast before, and I was like, I don't know. But all the people who made a sacrifice last year, it's not for naught. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have this thing. We didn't get your guys' hopes up last year, and everybody who had to sacrifice that. This is gonna be a thing, and we're gonna do this, and uh, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, and your your senior year's senior season that you didn't get was the impetus for for bringing this about. Yes. So, so everybody else, your future compatriots will thank you. Mm-hmm. So and, and to continue with our shameless self promotion. Yeah, I was gonna say we got one more thing. The get around is expanding. We are going to be hitting the airwaves. In many other cities, once a week, James, you are going to be the first one to hop on there. But kind of tell the people exactly what we are getting ourselves wrapped into. Yeah, it should be starting this Friday on uh, FM 94.5, FM 106.3, and FM 100.3. They're picking up a lot where I think AM 580 you know, dropped the Tigers. They picked up the Tigers. They're doing a little more sports talk in the morning and, and stuff. And, and I think the rest of their format is kind of classic rock, but... 
Uh, they, on Friday uh, mornings, they have from 10 to 11, they have a, a segment called the Friday Face-Off, where they have Keith Gave, the uh, former Detroit Red Wings beat writer and author of the Russian Five book and movie, and Jerry Coyne from the radio station, and Rich Calkins um, also on there. And then one of us each week is going to be on there for about 10, 15 minutes or so to talk about high school stuff in the area and, and maybe join them in their, their talk about the more national and state stuff too. Yeah, so that's exciting because that, that kind of at least gives us like a, a, a midway stop between our episodes now. We, you know, we have, we have episodes come out Monday night, Tuesday morning for a lot of people. Games that happen. Exactly, exactly. That. So Friday afternoon, we have a few days worth of content to bring out and talk to you guys. So make sure you tune in to the radio stations 94.5, 100.3, and 106.3 on Friday mornings to hear your get-around guys blasting out towards the airwaves towards dozens and dozens and dozens of counties out here in cities and all you beautiful... We got the UP in this, too. As, as we call them, audible viewers. So keep a look out for that. That's exciting. Let's go ahead and get into our Chatter That Matters, which I guess this is something we've been kind of waiting to talk about for a long time. Masks. Gone. Poof. And MHSA Sports, if you are fully vaccinated. Outdoors, even if you're not fully vaccinated, you no longer need a mask. They are no longer required for any outdoor activities, including the soccer and lacrosse, which they deem the contact sports for the spring. So everybody is, as they'll say, able to breathe free and clear uh, without their face mask here. For fully vaccinated individuals, face masks that are no longer required for indoor activities that's 14 days after your second dose, so when they consider you fully inoculated. Um, but still, if you're not vaccinated, you still need to be tested. You got to wear masks inside. But otherwise, you're free and clear. I know probably everybody's pretty excited about this. I mean, it, people were really excited earlier in May when they dropped the mask limit, mask requirement for baseball, softball, track, and all those other, the golf and all the other non-contact sports. But in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we've been to a lot of these games and. A lot of these teams were just doing that already, though, right? No, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they never required them in those sports. Like, I feel like that was just never a requirement. I mean, soccer and lacrosse, I haven't seen lacrosse this year, but, you know, all the other sports, it obviously just made sense that there wasn't going to be masks. I mean, baseball, the closest that you're going to be is when you're standing at the plate, right? And technically, you're not there for no 15 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. same thing with, I mean, track. I thought I thought about track, and I was like, well, obviously, it would be just incredibly hard to try to make track athletes wear masks, just like cross-country athletes or whatever, but they would do it if they had to. But the only thing I thought about was like when I was just watching all these runners run around the track, I was like, if you're breathing this way and everybody runs through your mist, possibly, I don't know. <laughs> but nonetheless, spectators, outdoors, no longer need masks. Basically free and clear for everybody. I, I don't think we have to really talk too much more about it. We went through this yeah, so many. I mean, I asked the day that it came out, I was at that Central West soccer game, and, and Jason Carmine, the athletic director at West, was there. And I asked him, and I said, how much of a pain in the butt is this going to be for you guys at school? I, I wasn't asking about sports specifically. I was about school. You know, like, do you guys have to then, do you guys have, like, your own list of who's vaccinated and who's not? Can you even keep that list because of HIPAA? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff. And he just... He just said for athletics, you know, that all they have to worry about now is their own people. So all he has to do, all he has to be concerned with is his athletes and coaches. And it sounded like they're going to continue to enforce, you know, masks when when they have to. Yeah. I did hear on Friday, TCAP did say that they're going to still require masks in school settings. That was under their TCAP's return to learning plan, and they just don't really want to change that, I think. So... 
you might see this across the region like we did with other schools. Some might be a little faster than others, but as we've learned, that's just how it is with the pandemic is people do make decisions differently. One and, thing I know, though, is that Traverse City, Leelanau, or Grand Traverse County and Leelanau County, we're all closing in on 70% vaccination rates. So if you notice things might look a little more, quote, normal in this area, that's why is because the local health leaders might be making a little more, quote, liberal decisions based on our vaccination rates, which are what the state would consider, quote, herd immunity. Yeah, I mean, Leelanau is, I think, the highest oh, yeah. highest rate in Michigan. Mm-hmm. For, for one of the highest in the rate. nation. Yeah. And, uh, and Michigan as a whole, I think, just passed another one of those milestone marks. 55%. They're at 56% last time I checked. Yeah, so, so props to Northern Michigan. I know, I'm ready. I know everybody up here. We've talked to enough people. Ain't nobody want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can see why it's happening, especially after everything that's happened last year. So kudos to everybody who is helping us get back to normal. It is definitely... Uh, it's been a sight for sore eyes to see all this stuff, you know, happen. And like I said, I shaved my beard today. Everybody gets to look at my pretty face now. <laughs> okay, so that was the chatter that matters. Sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's go into our Hall of Fame, gentlemen. We got a couple of really good performances from last week. Obviously, big games, big wins. I think we might have a couple coming from there. I'll let you guys go ahead and put up your nominations first. Who are we putting up for the most exclusive club in northern Michigan? I'm going to put up Elk Rapids' Joshua Lavely. He shot a 70 at Antrim Dells. I mean, that's one of the Agamemnon courses. That's a pretty fun, tough course. We've all played it. I mean, 72 under. How about that? James, who you got this week? Uh, Annalise Ferguson. You know, we talked about the, the goaltender, senior goaltender from Traverse City Central and that that uh, two to one win over TC West. I don't think we even said the score when we were talking about the game. <laughs> two to one. Yeah, I thought it was about two that. to one. So, but uh, I mean, she allowed one goal early in the in the first half, and then uh, never allowed one again. I mean, and and Savannah Wojnarowski, the coach from Traverse City West, said, you know, yeah, she was she was the, a difference in the game. I mean, she's like, yeah, she robbed us of four or five goals during that game. And like you said, there was one where the girls were celebrating because they thought, oh, yeah, they. Uh, 100% scored that goal, but that didn't that didn't happen. I can see that. I know Annalise Ferguson is. She's been she's been on every score sheet. I'm gonna go ahead and put up Elk Rapids soccer player Lauren Bingham. Two games last week, very good performances. She had three goals and three assists in one game, so that's what nine points and four goals in another game, so that's another eight points. So 17 points last week in two games uh, for the Elk Rapids star. Elk Rapids is has bounced back and is still whipping on teams after they lost to Boyne City. Um, and Lauren's a good reason why. So that, that's a pretty good week from a soccer player. we got to go ahead and put him up for a vote now. Who's going to lead the way? Jump on in if you want to now. I'm going to put my vote towards Annalise Ferguson. I don't really know. You kind of like described everything. Why I would, why I would vote for her? Yeah, I'm kind of cool with that and, and breaking that streak of yeah. losing to T.C. West. And even she said she, you know, she's like, yeah, I've never beaten T.C. West, obviously, and everything. And she's been on varsity for a long time. I will definitely, I'll make it unanimous for Annalise Ferguson, the Traverse City Central goalkeeper, senior goalkeeper, beating her rival. Big win for the Trojans, so congratulations to Annalise Ferguson. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. We got one more segment here, and that is our trifecta, and I hope the guys thought about it because I really like this conversation. We just saw Albert Pujols 
leave the Angels, not, not on his own accord, really. He got released from the Angels. But he was there for close to a decade, and he was with St. Louis for close to a decade. So, you know, a couple of very long tenured for one of the best baseball players, the best first baseman, at least, of our generation. And it prompted me to think, you know, what are some of the best top-of-the-line athletes to leave a long stint in their career in the twilight of their career, because obviously Albert Pujols is, you know, if you get released, you know, it's it just, you know, he, he didn't have any trade value or whatever, I guess. But still, in the twilight of your career to uh, kind of have that run in the sun. I want to talk about some of the best ones there. So just bringing up Albert Pujols is good. I mean, I, I think we're going to leave Tom Brady out of this conversation. Because what Tom Brady and Bruce Arians said in the last week is that apparently Tom Brady is going to play till he's 50. So he's not even in the twilight of his career. <laughs> but he went down to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. Um, which is obviously big, but there's a few other guys that come to mind. Do you, either one of you guys have somebody before I just run away with this? Yeah, I'll throw one out there. Not the obvious one. I think I know who you're going to throw out there, so I went with somebody different. I'm going to go with Joe Montana. Okay. Playing the last two years of his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he was still pretty decent. I mean, the one, the one year he threw for 2,100 yards. His last season he threw for almost 3,300 yards and you know had more TDs than interceptions even both of those seasons. Joe Montana. So, I mean, leaving San Francisco, leaving San Francisco, going to the after what three rings or did you get four there? No, four rings. Yeah. Four rings with San Francisco. A lot of rings. I think it was four rings with San Francisco. You leave, you go play for Kansas City. Joe Montana. I mean, he is obviously one of the greatest of all time. So it's not hard to bring up. What about you, Andrew? You got anybody? I have one, but I'm sure no one's probably going to know this guy. It's just something I know is a story that meant a lot to Kansas City again. Matt Beasler. Drafted by uh, Sporting Kansas City 2009, he played for Team USA. I mean, USA soccer isn't really anything people know about. But nonetheless, he was traded this past season to Austin FC, new team, um, an expansion team, and he's like their star. When he came back, so Austin played at Kansas City last week, the dude wrote a letter to the fans thanking him for how much they, how much they meant for him all season. So... I mean, he's Kansas City native, got drafted by his hometown team, was with them while they changed stadiums, and as the franchise grew, they sold out pretty much every game. They're one of the top soccer cities in the United States, probably going to be a host site for the World Cup. I mean, it's a lot of it's because of Matt Beasler. So, I mean, you got other guys, obviously Brett Favre and whoever you're going to bring up, but that's... Oh, there's a bunch. There's a I bunch of superstars. I Brett Favre, so that's why I avoided that one. No, no, see, I tipped you guys off on everybody I wasn't going to do because I, I didn't think, think you guys Bees, would have anybody. Bees was... I mean, the dude went to high school in Overland Park and he's playing for it, brought up the soccer team that he, he pretty much was sporting Kansas City for like a decade. So, yeah, I obviously, like we said, Brett Favre. We're looking at Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving. Uh, I hope so. Green Bay. God, I hope so. Uh, but the, the person who I'm going to bring up is Peyton Manning. He spent four years in Denver to end his career. He was with Indianapolis for, I think, 13 years. Won a Super Bowl with Indianapolis. Was three-time MVP. But then he left Indianapolis, which everybody was like, wait, what? Nobody thought he was going anywhere. They drafted, you know, he left Indianapolis. They drafted Andrew Luck, and it was a whole different thing. But he went over to Denver, and then he broke, like, three passing records. He had 55 touchdowns in a season, which was the most for a quarterback. I think it still is the most for a quarterback in a single season. That offense that year that he went over there, and took over with, like, Demarius Thomas and everything. It wasn't like they were, like, the best offense in the world, but they were, like, the, the highest-scoring, highest-flying thing that you had seen in the NFL for, like, five years. That was before Patrick Mahomes and 
before Russell Wilson got really, you know, good on his feet. He got drafted that year. It was before all that type of stuff when we still had those pro-style quarterbacks who were just slinging the ball and accuracy was king. And Peyton Manning went over to Denver in the twilight of his career and literally made Denver a Super Bowl contending team for four years. Mm-hmm. And you they know. won one. Yeah, and they won one. But and I mean, they did get absolutely slaughtered by Seattle that one year, which was like the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life, where it was whatever, like four thirty-four to nine, or whatever it was, uh, where the game started with a safety. Peyton Manning got sacked within like seventeen seconds of the start of the game, and it was like, oh my god. But yeah, that was that would be the guy that I I think you know came to mind for me. Like it's Brett Favre, a lot of these guys you know went places but didn't do much, right? That's the way that I look at it. Nonetheless, we wish Albert Pujols the best of luck in the rest of no, his career. No, we don't. I'm a Cubs fan. I don't. He's an, he's an all-time great, dude. Good luck, Albert Pujols. You're going to DH like when they play American League teams. <laughs> so that's about it. Either way, that's going to do it for episode 176. So, as usual, we need to get the people fed for listening and sharing and interacting with our podcast. You can, too, get fed with a few free Jimmy John subs if you just like, retweet, share, comment, gif, Give us something just so we can enter you into our drawing. This week's winner is Julia Hoffmeister's Rimmick from Traverse City, Traverse City Central alum. Thank you so much for interacting with us. There will be a message in your inbox. Make sure that you take a look out there if you are listening. If not, uh, we'll, we'll get you next week. Make sure that you uh, follow us on Twitter at TCRE Sports, at Jake Atnip, at James Cook 14 and at by Andrew R. Follow all of us collectively on Instagram yeah, at TCRE Sports. That's going to do it for episode 176. We'll see you next week for episode 177.